Hej hörni och välkomna tillbaka till Aktier för alla. Efter ett långt och härligt sommaruppehåll så är jag tillbaka nu och jag har bestämt att dra igång avsnitten igen med ett väldigt intressant avsnitt som faktiskt också är lite efterlängtat. Det är om kryptovalutor och då har jag bjudit in Igor Mandrigin som mer eller mindre har varit involverad i Ethereum och är väldigt kunnig både i just Ethereum, även Bitcoin och överlag i kryptovalutor. Så vi pratar mycket om själva kryptovalutan, vad skillnaden är mellan Ethereum och Bitcoin. Han berättar lite hur staten kan se på det och vad för risker det finns med att faktiskt ha kryptovalutor. Och hörni, det här avsnittet det spelas in på engelska. Så att för er som inte förstår engelska, gå in på Instagram-kontot aktier.foralla. Där kommer jag att lägga ut ett inlägg där jag sammanfattar hela detta avsnitt på svenska. Och på så sätt kan vi få med alla. Så att följ, följ, följ aktier.foralla på Instagram. Och hörni, som ni vet så sponsras Aktier för alla av Edby. Och Edby genomgår faktiskt en ny emission just nu. Så att det är väldigt spännande och de lanserar även snart sin plattform. Så att gå in på edbygroup.se för att läsa mer. Hi. We are doing this episode remotely since you're not in Sweden right now. We can start by that. <laughs> no, uh, I live in Sweden, but right now I'm traveling uh, for work. And uh, basically right now I'm in Russia for some time. Then hopefully through Baltic states, uh, I'll go back to Sweden. <laughs> yes. And what do you do uh, in Sweden? What do you work with? Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, right now we are actually launching our own uh, startup on like related to crypto and blockchain so not only ethereum a little bit wider than that but before that i spent about two years or something uh working on the basically core protocols of ethereum uh and uh, before that i was working just in like in the company that used ethereum like as a as a main platform so i think i'm in ethereum since 2017 And before that, I was in a, your classical fintech uh, industry in developing countries, actually, in Africa. So yeah. that was pretty fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and by that, you have a pretty good knowledge of cryptocurrency and the specific one, Ethereum. Um, I feel like the market is pretty hossy about cryptocurrencies. Many people want to invest in it. The prices are increasing very high. Can you just generally now explain what cryptocurrency actually is? Yeah, uh, I think I I can try to <laughs> to do that. So uh, basically, it all started uh, like for real. I think uh, just after the financial crisis of two thousand and eight, right? Uh, and uh, basically, there was a little bit of a hesitancy about the trust in central banks or whatnot because yeah, a lot of people suffered like loss of jobs and jobs and and things like that. So and the, the idea that uh, came from anonymous actually develop, developer is that uh, we want to replace the trust in banks with trust in math basically <laughs> because math you, used to be very reliable. So what he did, uh, he, his idea was that instead of like one entity controlling the 
basically money on your account, like what money comes, what's, how it reconciles and what, what's left on your account and living. Instead of that, there is a sort of a network of independent computers who do that. And this network is like spread around the globe. So they are not under a single government. They are not under a single entity. And they are all uh, sort of working in a way that they can verify each other's work uh, using some proven uh, cryptographic algorithms. So those algorithms were like open, they're published, they were reviewed. So it's it's something that's like, uh, it's not some proprietary technology. So basically using some open standards to control how money are transferred. With this, uh, the Bitcoin was born. So basically you can, let's say, if you have one uh, Bitcoin and you transfer it to somebody, there is no banks and no third parties involved. So there are just a lot of computers that's at some point take this transaction, check and transfer the money to the recipient. And then they seal it with sort of cryptographic proof that everybody can check afterwards. Okay, so simply everyone can see the transactions? Yeah, everyone can check this transaction. Like I can just run and check someone else's transaction from like five years ago or something like this. So, and there is a little bit of asymmetry in this process that it's very hard to create this proof, but it's very simple to check it. So that's why it's hard to forge the wrong one because it's, it's just, it's actually difficult in terms of the computation and electricity. It's very similar to, to the system like Visa, but it's just, Visa is controlled by a central place like a Visa because if you're a bank and you work with Visa cards, you also have an agreement with Visa and then you basically go all the chain. But instead of that, you immediately basically go to these uh, computers and you don't need to, to go through a bank or through a third party. Okay, so would that mean that you have more freedom of your cryptocurrency and uh, trading with it compared to your money? Uh, yes, uh, it means that if you have those money, it's a little bit like uh, old times when you uh, when the cash was in from actual uh, like metals like gold or, or silver, when you could actually, it doesn't matter what bank thinks about this, if it's a piece of gold, then I can trade it for food to somebody else. Okay, so the concept of trading with cryptocurrency is pretty similar to trading with gold and silver. Um, how does the risks look uh, by trading with cryptocurrency? What kind of risks do we have? It's very similar risks actually as well, because if you are not protecting your money yourself, you also are exposed. So if somebody stole, steals your money, like they're stolen, there is no, no, no one to complain to, <laughs> essentially, except yourself. So that's uh, the first risk that I want to talk about. And mm-hmm. again, cryptocurrencies are... Like still, they they have a lot of risks, like like for them, for the investors. Uh, so like anything that you invest, but they're they're very early. So one of the first things that you can actually lose your money, and there is nobody to complain to. <laughs> yeah, okay, but on the other hand, we think about cryptocurrency as transparency. Everyone can still see the transactions. So can you explain a bit how it comes that we can't see who took the cryptocurrency if someone ever stole it? Yeah, I mean, you will see uh, there is no this process called uh, know your customer, like in the banks, right? So there is you don't need to like provide your ID card to create a Bitcoin account. So you will know that some account, some took it, but you will never know who that is, like and what's uh, so. So 
it's very mm. difficult to uh, as long as the money stays within this crypto and they don't try to actually sell them for like let's say US dollars or something like this it's very hard to figure out who who did okay and then we have when it comes to cryptocurrencies we have the famous ones uh both bitcoin and ethereum can you explain a little bit what the main difference is between bitcoin and uh, ethereum yeah uh i would say that there are a, a couple of they both uh, started in a similar place uh but they have a very different uh philosophy of running those uh, currencies so for the bitcoin it's a uh, very very conservative so there are no changes to what's going on with this so bitcoin as of now it's very similar to the bitcoin of like was it 2010 or something like this and uh, in, in the code standards there's it's it's very very slowly evolving and that's both for for good and bad so there is unlikely something uh, dramatic will happen if there there were no critical issue discovered for all these years and taking into account the price of bitcoin maybe a lot of people would want to find something there <laughs> Then uh, it's like it's a little bit more stable in terms of the like code base and stuff. But on the other hand, it's pretty stagnant. So Bitcoin is pretty much Bitcoin, and there are some services that use it. But essentially, it's more for I think it's they cover more of a store of value. Like you invest in some bonds or stocks, and you want them to. You don't want this company to go crazy, for instance, if you want to put your pension in in, in something like this, right? Uh, but, uh, Ethereum is a very different in terms of it's, it's constantly evolves. So like there was, I think this year there were like at least two major updates to Ethereum uh, network. And I think there will be a third one this year, all of them bringing new features. And also one more important thing on Ethereum is that it uses, uh, it basically contains a full like programming languages together with it. So it's much easier to build some services on Ethereum than to build them on Bitcoin. Okay, that's interesting. So what kind of um, services are we talking about that we can build on Ethereum, but we cannot build on Bitcoin? For instance, you can build services that's wh where you can like lend money uh, to somebody. If you have some uh, a lot of ETH, for instance, you can lend and receive like uh, interest rate, or you can basically provide liquidity for something. You can create new tokens, also new types of currencies on top of Ethereum. So if you look at the top cryptocurrencies, and you probably will see Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a lot more. So some of those will also be on Ethereum <laughs> because oh. it's, it's very easy to create. Uh, because uh, to some extent, it's it's easier to make it on Ethereum because Ethereum is already pretty safe and stable and considered like uh, then create your new currency uh, cryptocurrency. Of course, there are also a lot of new ones coming like each day, but there is also a lot of tokens uh, that are created on the Ethereum chain, and those tokens could be either like a currency or, for instance, like a bond with interest rate. Or it could be like a stock option, for instance, or something like this, with a, or like call option, or if, if your like listeners are a little bit into like normal trading, like there are different like there are call options, there are different derivatives, there are so so those types of things could be built on Ethereum, and even there is a, a derivative of Bitcoin on Ethereum actually <laughs> that allows it to to let's say lend Bitcoin on Ethereum. 
Yes,、uh, and then also we know that within cryptocurrency,、um, anyone can come in and create their own cryptocurrency. So there are many many cryptocurrencies out there, except from Bitcoin and Ethereum. What kind of risks does that come with? So what kind of risk do we have、um, by the fact that anyone can create their own cryptocurrency? And also, what kind of risk do you see that by investing、uh, perspective? I think, like within the community, at least for those who were trading crypto for a while, they are very much aware that if they invest in in anything apart、uh, from、uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and maybe two more, like or three more、uh, cryptocurrencies that are more like less、uh, solid and being marketed,、uh, it's it's a very high risk. So very high risk, very high reward because. What's、uh, when you launch your own cryptocurrency? Essentially, it costs nothing. Like because it's、uh, who will pay you for your cryptocurrency? You need to、yeah. provide some kind of vision behind it. But、mm-hmm. that means that you can buy it for very cheap, and potentially, if it grows in price, it might grow like a couple of thousand times, and then you like you will have a lot of money. But very likely that that you will lose everything. <laughs> it's like、yeah. if you are trying to basically invest, like an angel investor, for instance.、Uh, mm-hmm. Basically,、uh, I think angel investors in in the normal world they do a lot of s- small payments to a lot of startups, and like ninety percent of these startups never gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, and they essentially those investments will go nowhere. But those who will make it, they will likely like cover all these、uh, returns.、Uh, so that's yeah okay. And so if I want to use Ethereum, for instance. What do I have to do to be able to use it,、uh, to install it, or to have it in a wallet? What do I need to do? It it it's unfortunately a little bit more complicated than I I would like it to、uh, to be. But、uh, for instance, it depends on how much this currency you wanna have. And、uh, so, if you just want to have just to play around, maybe like. A thousand crowns worth of、uh, cryptocurrency, right?、Uh, which is a small amount, and you should be very, sh-、uh, very much aware that you might lose this money. <laughs> like, so you you n- never expose yourself to the risk you will not、uh, bear to、uh, mm-hmm. to lose. And、uh, so you can just install a wallet.、Uh, let's say there are a couple of good ones. So, for instance, I, I used to work at Status. They the, Status. Im. I think we have show notes here, right? So I can send all those links. Yeah, so、definitely. you can share it. Yeah. Yeah.、Well. So let's say Status is a is a good w- wallet uh, uh, for is Ethereum. Wallet is like an app or what? Yeah, it's a it's an app for Android and iOS. So you can install it on your smartphone, and then within this app,、uh, there is a way to buy this、uh, currency just using your credit card or something. And at least in Scandinavia, it works. Uh, and then,、uh, what's important、uh, part, of course, I think for a thousand crowns, nobody will bother. But if you'll have a more substantial amount, there is these companies called Ledger or Trezor. I even have one here. So they provide this kind of hardware devices uh, uh, that is、uh, called a hardware wallet. So they are way more secure than your phone.、Oh, so、okay. and yet they have like they connect to your computer, and then you can store cryptocurrency on them. So as soon as you start trading something that's I don't know over maybe hundred thousand crowns or something like this. I would recommend getting this. They cost like I think they cost like about three thousand crowns or something like this for this. But、uh, the security is very good, and you also can buy、uh, cryptocurrency directly in the interface of the application that goes with them. So there are、oh. a couple of services、uh, that you can use. There is MoonPay, there is Ramp Network, 
and 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 uh, some others. Mm-hmm. So then the important part after that would be, of course, to like at least in Sweden, <laughs> if you have a substantial amount, uh, like in, with every investment, you need to pay taxes on this yeah. and report them to Skatteverket. And they, I think we're pretty clear about uh, what you need to do. So there is at least uh, one more service that I know that's that's really good in Sweden called Divli. Again, I'll share the link. And that basically yeah. looks at, you register your accounts in this web application and they, they essentially generate the report for, for the tax agency. So you are not uh, really considering the tax fraud. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to put a link to every app that Igor is talking about. It's going to be available on the description here below. Um, and Igor, I'm also wondering, so say that I have downloaded one of the apps um, and I have cryptocurrency in it. What can I use it for? How can I spend my cryptocurrency now? What is the next thing I can use it for? How can I spend it? Yeah, right now it's more or less uh, all, a lot of the things are related to either gaming or some kind of a collecting or trading in some case so trading in, in a wide sense of course so you can again lock your money into some for growth essentially so like uh, into again lending pool or, or something like this some some other uh, like or in, in it in buy a derivative on it or something like that or you can actually uh, there's more and more games that are related to crypto when you can both spend and earn uh crypto and then there are some different different like art uh kind of objects uh, that you can yeah. buy and of course in sweden i know that it's not ethereum but bitcoin is accepted in web holland <laughs> of all places so i don't know how they do a due diligence for that but uh, yeah, if you have bitcoin then you potentially can buy some computer equipment but yeah it's it's more much more you might think about cryptocurrencies right now as not as like currencies currencies but way more like a index funds or, or stocks or bonds so you don't go and sell your bonds to buy a coffee or to buy a lunch <laughs> so that's why you like on ramp buy this thing and usually it's just for storing money uh, because again they tend to grow in the times when the currencies of the world, like euro or US dollar or like yuan or something like this, they are unstable or there isn't huge inflation or something like this. They tend to be a little bit more uh, stable, and especially, and that's why uh, why they are very popular in the countries where where the currencies are very unstable. So let's say if there is a maybe some Eastern European countries or South American countries where just like the currency goes down and down, the inflation is crazy. So there people go like all crypto because they can buy it and it's still, uh, yeah, yeah, the value is still the same. Yeah. And how do you think like in the future, do you think more stores and more companies will take cryptocurrency as a payment method? Do you think that is like the future or how do you think that companies are agreeing to that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it is like, we'll see if it's going to be like uh, cryptocurrencies directly because the more things that I see is that banks are using crypto either for settlement purposes, like even Visa has some some pilot project to settle transactions on, on Ethereum. But like USD transactions, mm-hmm. 
or they will work on uh, like I think the stable coins that I, I talked about will be a little bit a more like flexible instrument on these things because again you want to spend some, you don't want to spend something that might grow in the future on, on something for today yeah um, do you think that because many governments are right now declining it and they do not want to accept any Bitcoin or any Ethereum, no cryptocurrency, um, why is that do you think that governments are declining it and they are not accepting it? Yeah, I mean, there, there could be a lot of uh, cases why, why that could be, but of course... I think some of governments definitely afraid of uh, too much transparency <laughs> about their own expenses because if everybody's expenses are transparent, then if the government is not exactly <laughs> like, doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing what they say they are doing, it, it will be visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it is because it's harder to control. So the cryptocurrencies are designed in a way that, let's say, there is either you work with Ethereum and everything that's on it, or you yeah. disconnect the whole stack. So you won't be able to like allow this Ethereum transaction, but not mm-hmm. this Ethereum transaction. Allow this and not that. So that's mm-hmm. why it also could be a little bit more, how would you say, it's challenging for some governments who wants to be in control of yeah. things um, yeah. because it's way less control. What do you think? Do you think that um, by governments accepting cryptocurrencies, would that benefit the people, or would it actually just be confusing for the people and the government? I mean, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> would it be better or not? It's like uh, it's very hard to predict the future. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, like uh, in general, the cryptocurrencies are there, and they're getting. And I think that gov- some governments are just a little bit too slow. And it's normal for the governments to be. And I, I think that there is a something good that if the government takes their time to consider things, so they don't just rush on the first trend that there is. But in this case, I think like corporations are, and banks are already in, like engaged, at least more modern banks and, and some uh, stuff like that. They're already at least engaged with cryptocurrencies to some extent. And uh, I think it will come in one way or another. But of course, there is always an issue as I told with KYC, like know, know your customer thing. So that's why if you ask for my prediction, but I'm I'm terrible at predicting the future, I think that uh, for normal people, it will be just, uh, they will not see anything because it will be like hidden behind the banks or behind like their application. Like let's say if Swish switches to Ethereum one day, you will never know that. Maybe they will save a lot of money on infrastructure or get some more benefits, but you will never know that. Yeah, yeah. of course, it's the transparency I think many governments are kind of scared of. And as you say, we can't always see all the transactions, of course. Yeah, uh, that, that's why there were like pilot projects to try to send, uh, you know, this... Um, help for some African countries in cryptocurrencies to make sure that when the government receives them, the senders can see where mm-hmm. the money goes to. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what how it's actually, what was the conclusion or something, but I think there was, or maybe it's just not, wasn't launched yet. I don't know, but yeah. there was some idea about uh, yeah, sending exactly. this money. Yes. And thank you, but what, the last question, like what we kind of want to understand generally is do you think that like do you generally just think that it is a good way to go for like using ethereum and 
that more and more people use it as a as a payment method. It's it's a very possible future because it's uh, this this fear is like uh, it's uh, so quickly evolves. Uh, so that, that that's uh, very good, and it's also to some extent it's standardized uh, the money transfer or like the transfer of value in any kind. And I think the more and more we see that uh, the, the things come to standardization. So, for instance, we used to have like a bazillion of phones, and right now there's mostly like iOS and Android, and that that's it, right? So, And right now each bank has their own like systems and, and things, uh, but I think in the future they could very much benefit to be like interoperable uh, and be standardized um, between each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's an option too, that the banks also actually interacts with the cryptocurrency so it's not either this one or that one yeah of course no i don't think it's like i think to be honest like there is this uh idea in in some of the more how to say it maximalist uh, crypto communities that everybody could be their own bank mm-hmm. but to be honest i don't think everybody wants to be their own banks because after mm-hmm. all uh if you have a lot of money a lot of very liquid money like basically in your house in on like some some device or something then in some countries you can really get a physical risk that somebody will like yeah. smuggle this or, or maybe even like do, i think it, it it wasn't unheard of that some people were tortured for crypto so, so it's like i think like having an actual institution that's like has uh, security and and whatnot it's uh, it could be beneficial for users but of course there will be more more options for new people to become some kind of a bank or something. Yeah. Um, is it something else you want to add? Yeah, uh, I have actually one thing. Since this fear is so young and there is a lot of, uh, like, actually scams uh, in crypto, there is uh, no question asks. There is very important to be very careful and do some research before you trying to spend your money in on any of these uh, things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Without like any kind of financial advice, uh, we can share a little bit of link, uh, links about the with the professional investors do like real papers with some analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows this thing? So at least uh, probably those names they mentioned that they mentioned there are probably more safe and they are not obvious scams. <laughs> Let's put it like this because sometimes it might be really really tricky to tell. And in crypto. Again, if it's too good to be true, it it might be a scam. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Igor, uh, for this time. And um, thank you. I hope our listeners appreciate this. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me.